Morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, the 3rd of August. Morning, Marcus. We're back in Melbourne. You're looking very sharp because you've been on ABC this morning. What have you got for us? I am sharp as. And they had a pink day on the ABC, which was a coincidence. Turned out I was wearing a pink shirt, so they were very happy with me. Right. Wall Street overnight looked terrible. Dow Jones down 402. But none of the big tech stocks did particularly badly. The Nasdaq was only down 0.2. I think the biggest faller was Boeing and Caterpillar, which is hardly translating to our market. Things worrying the US was Chinese tension as Pelosi went to Taiwan. Uh, Also, some Fed governors talking about our work is far from done. And the bond yields, the two-year bond yield ticked up, the 10-year bond yield ticked up as well. So there was a bit of a bottoming in rates. The futures this morning were down 11, but we're down about 50. Banks have reversed what they gained yesterday. And otherwise, commodity prices didn't do too much. Oil price back over $100. Iron ore price down 0.1. Metal price down a little bit. Gold up 0.1. So really not much happening there. And with the NASDAQ not really doing too much, I don't think there's been any major change in macro backdrop. I will chat about the RBA in a minute. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. Tom, what have you got for us happening locally today? Thank you, Ben. Well, as Marcus said, our market having a poor start, down 60 points at the moment. Tech, surprisingly, the only sector in positive territory propped up by Block, which is adding more than 5%. And they do have results on Friday. So optimism into results there. ASX said its new chess system will not be ready until late 2024. So you'll have to wait a bit longer. Utilities and miners, the worst performers, BHP off 1.5%, Rio down 1%. And in corporate news, Pinnacle, PNI, up 10% as the market responds to results that were released after the bell yesterday. Orica, ORI, is buying a digital or body intelligence business called Axis for $260 million and they're raising $650 million. Linus up 5%. They announced a quarter of a billion dollar, oh sorry, half a billion dollar expansion plan at its Mount Weld operation. And Genworth Mortgage Insurance, GMA, down 1%, announced a $100 million buyback and they lowered gross written premium guidance. I was saying, Tom, probably worth noting too, the pinnacle is up 10% despite the headline being thrown around of the first drop in fund for 10 years. I thought it was down 10%. But clearly, more to that announcement than meet the eye. Yes, well, they had 600 million of inflows, so the thumb drop was due to the market falling, which they control. So, no. obviously, pleased enough. Thank you, Tom. Leighton, what have you got out of broker land? Thank you, Ben. I've got Appen, that's APX. They received a downgrade this morning following what Macquarie described as a sharply disappointing June half update and FY22 guidance update. And they flagged slower growth, poorer margins, expectations for more investment. And decreased certainty on conversion of forward orders. The EPS forecasts have been cut by 65 to 82% across FY22 to FY26 at Macquarie. And the recommendation is downgraded to an underperform. The target price drops to $3.50, down from $5.70, which is 16% below the current market price. It's worth mentioning here that the technology stocks, and the more we deal with these, especially 
once the fabulous sentiment wave broke, they're becoming a very dangerous sector. And Appen also highlights that the results season is terribly dangerous in mid-cap, small-caps. And we used to run a portfolio that had mid-cap, small-caps, and we used to sell them all before results season because you almost always see, especially in a falling market, more downside than upside. So everyone on alert for results season. I mean, if in doubt, get out. You can always buy them after the results where they're de-risked for the next three to six months and you're in full possession of the facts. But at the moment, results season ever more every year becomes a bit of a crapshoot. And Appen's a great example of that. And I've also got Morgan Stanley has lifted its APS forecasts FY22 to FY24 for NAB by around 1% to 2%. And that's ahead of their Q3 update, which is next Tuesday, the 9th. The broken notes, a better near-term margin trend and lifts its target price $27.20, which is actually around 10% below the current market price. But the banks have been on a pretty decent run recently. So it be interesting to see what comes from that update. And Morgan Stanley has said that they forecast $1.8 billion of cash profit, revenue growth, outpacing expense growth and a pre-provision profit growth of 6%. Thank you, Ben. Good stuff. Thank you, Leighton. Henry, morning. What have you got for us? Morning, Ben. Just looking at Appen, what is extraordinary, I guess, in Appen, apart from the fact the business model is stuff, they have been alluding to that for some time because once you teach the computers to analyze data and speech to data, the computers kind of get wise to it and they kind of work it out for themselves and the likes of Appen become less necessary. Once you program Siri, it doesn't need programming again. The computers are smart. What is interesting, though, with the Appen result, and clearly a major problem with that, is that on the 12th of July, they issued a notice saying that when the results were going to be due. Now, usually some of these companies use this as an excuse to put in bad news or good news. And the fact that they actually said that this is when our results are meant to the market that things weren't deteriorating and they didn't have to update the market. And here we are a month later, in fact, three weeks later, and this is an update on the results. This isn't even the results. So clearly their business is deteriorating quite quickly. And we've certainly seen that through the likes of Facebook and others uh, because of privacy concerns, the change to the way Apple has done things as well with their iOS operating system and their privacy concerns in Europe and also the rise of TikTok, it has really stuffed Appen and that will continue to do so. As far as small caps go, as Marcus says, there is always the risk of results. With small caps, though, we do have quarterlies. Don't forget, resources and tech stocks and small caps tend to do quarterlies. So although August is a period for results, July is equally as important as is October, etc., because that is the period where these guys have to come out with their quarterlies. So some of the risk in some of these small caps is taken off the table a little bit earlier, and the August results are just confirmation. As far as as the market goes, just writing a little bit this morning about uh, where the market is going. Clearly, it's been unnerved by Nancy Pelosi arriving in Taiwan, and the Chinese are now responding uh, with some aggressive incursions into Taiwanese waters. So that's clearly having an impact on our resources sector. And we have seen the oil and gas price come off. And of course, we're also seeing the banks come under a bit of pressure as well. So now we're down 80 odd points on the index at 1044. So uh, slip sliding away to some extent 
extent in quiet trade. But uh, one thing that is always interesting to note is that before the FOMC, before the Federal Reserve make their decision, there is a period of silence from all the Fed heads. They have to shut up. They can't talk about the markets and the interest rates and their own pushing their own barrows. But after the Fed has made their decision, it's back on, free for all. And last night we saw the talking heads. Federal Reserve San Francisco chief uh, Mary Daly was out and about talking about the the fact they hadn't done enough and they were going to continue to do so. And we're going to get more of that. So that noise is continuing and that's probably going to force the market to have the short-term top. And we talked about 7,000 being that level. Just making a few changes today in the small caps, taking some profits in St. Barbara, which has had a pretty good run. We're up 20 odd percent in that few days. So that's been good, taking some profits there at $1.23. And also uh, Galileo had some drill reports out today. So just a nibble there in Galileo at a dollar and eight and a half for that one on their project, their Callisto, Callisto project that uh, had some pretty good results. So plenty happening. And also for those that are interested, the Ausbiz Investment Committee episode was out yesterday at some stage. I think it's a pretty feisty session. So uh, have a look at that. That's it. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. An idea today in the ideas section, we might have a few other little bits going there through the day. I've had a look at Block, formerly known as Square, formerly known as Afterpay. As Tom said, it's up 5% today. It's got results at the end of the week. It's been on a big slide lately. It's down 72% from its high, which was last year taking the NASDAQ price. It's now we're just a CDI. It fell 55% in a two and a bit months until it bottomed out about six weeks ago. It's up 35% since. And I'm having a little look at what we might expect at the results in the end of the week. As Marcus said, it's a tech stock. Likely to be volatile one way or the other, but we shall see. And then we've also got to look at the income investors section, which is in every Wednesday. We've got our weekly check-in. It was a good week last week, two and a half percent gain in the portfolio, though a bit behind the market still as it took off. Not too many of those risky names that are leading the market at the moment in the income portfolio by design. Rio is the first of the big ex-dividends to dates to drop. They go ex August 11th. We'll see plenty more rolling through over the next couple of weeks with results. And this week's been a little bit quiet on the results front. BWP was out this morning. It was flat. Uh, last time I checked, I wrote uh, yesterday, I think in the ideas section that BWP was big and boring and unlikely to it's have anything exciting and it's flat. So I'll give myself a little star for that one. And we've also got our portfolio X-ray from Stockopedia, which we have in each week. And Marcus, what have you got for strategy? Strategy, don't like waking up after you've just taken a bet on the resources bouncing. Don't like waking up to Wall Street down 400 points. But interesting, as I say, I think it was a Dow Jones index thing rather than a market thing because the S&P and NASDAQ, not too bad. And we do seem to have reversed the bank's rally from yesterday as everyone jumps up and down about. Not so much their ability to widen net interest margins but the idea that there's going to be mortgage stress and higher bad debt provisions down the line. So short-term gain for them, long-term pain was the idea. So they've all rolled over. You've probably read that article from a Mr. Mott who has made it into the AFR today talking about mortgage stress. Just to point out on mortgage stress, by the way, to cover a million-dollar mortgage and pay it back within 25 years, at the moment, that'll cost you about $5,000 a month. So that's $60,000 a year to cover a million dollar mortgage. That's 80 grand you've got to earn. So that's after tax. So you've got to earn 80 grand to have a million dollar mortgage now. And- I'd be uh, pretty hungry if that's all you earn. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, this has actually always been the case. I've tried to explain to my kids what a sacrifice their parents have been through for the past 25 years, uh, because all this money is paid after tax. And now the expectation now is that we will see rates go from 1.85%. We'll see another 50 basis points, 25 basis points, 25 basis points, and then maybe another two 25 basis points rises increases next year. If you take all that into account, the expectation is that interest rates are going to peak around 32 somewhere around there about Easter next year. And if if that was the case and you add that onto the mortgage rate at the moment, you're going to need 100K to cover a million dollar mortgage. So halve it obviously for 500K. But you can see there's a big risk there for people on big mortgages. But having said that, only 8 to 10% of people are borrowed to the max. And anyone who was borrowing a million dollars had to be 40% deposit anyway. So there is a bit of weight in there. I don't imagine there's going to be a huge amount of mortgage stress because this is going to peak really quite early and come off. And the stock market's already telling you that, which is why our whole market lifted yesterday. So I wouldn't overdo it on the mortgage stress theme running through the newspapers this morning. Yes, rates are going to go up, but uh, we used to think they were going to peak at 4% in the end of next year. Now we're talking 3.2% in Easter next year. So the sooner this peak happens, the sooner the market looks through to recession. So I think it's reasonably positive. The tone from the RBA meeting was the same messages from the Fed, less aggression. And that suggests that we are getting to a point where we can start looking through the cycle to the recovery. Just worth pointing out that bond yields in this country have dropped 1% from the top whilst official rates have been raised. So the bond market is already looking through the cycle. As far as stock picking is concerned, I've made my bed in the short term, betting on resources and betting on a tech bottoming. I will lie in that bed until proven otherwise. Today's not the best day, obviously. So now thinking about it, but won't be adding to anything, still playing the game that we may have seen a low in the market, which has certainly been Henry's opinion as well. Very nice. And that rolls us straight into our question of the day today, which is, have we seen a short-term top, Tom? It was interesting yesterday reading how there's expectations for consolidation. And, you know, today we've seen it a little bit. And yeah, I think with bond yields coming off, slowing growth, you know, the outlook for companies and then also soft guidance doesn't look very rosy. So I think we've just sort of tracked sideways a little bit from now. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. I think the guidance outlook for the upcoming results is going to be pretty hairy for the market. So we might see a bit more downside. Henry? Well, my view is always been that we're not going to see a v-shaped recovery we're going to see the w i think we've hit the top of the of one of the legs of the w the middle bit and we are seeing a bit of a short-term top and we will pull back especially if we're going to get more noise from fed heads in the coming weeks as they get out and about and of course we do have our result season and as Leighton says there is going to be a propensity for companies to guide to a more challenging time ahead I think the results themselves are going to be pretty okay certainly something we've seen from the US and the US generally has been okay but the challenges are all ahead for our market so I think as I said uh, in a podcast a week or so ago that I thought we'd hit 7,000 by the end of uh, July um, and we did hit it yesterday I think and uh, I think we'll come off a little bit from here and then we'll dither around and it's not going to be about the index anyway for the next month it's going to be about individual stocks the volatility the results and especially as Leighton rightly points out the outlook which is always the important thing very nice. Thank you, Henry. Marcus? Uh, every decent rally has to back and fill, uh, which is 
uh, drop, consolidate, have a have a higher low, uh, move on. We'll see whether this drop is a higher low or a lower low. I would be looking at the previous lows and any sort of break below there. I think we might start to have to worry again. But for the moment, expecting a higher low. So I think it's just a quick thing. I do think that the, I can only call it stupid money that hit the pandemic beneficiaries, tech stocks, you can't chase that money. And that was always going to come off the top. Yep, I agree with that almost entirely. I think I'm more focused on the bigger bottom than I am the short-term top. And I think that's in, and I think you want to be careful where you're playing, but things are still tracking in the right direction from the central banks and whatnot. Yeah, let's not predict, but keep an eye on cracking our previous low again mm. in specific sectors because uh, nothing's a given at this point. We'll be entertained and interested either way. So it's all good. All right, thanks, everyone. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank you.